Welcome to GM Mastermind, a tabletop RPG podcast that features a panel of game masters known as the Brain Trust. In this episode, we'll be discussing story as product, introducing members of the Brain Trust. Welcome Anthony, aka Rune Slinger. Anthony's been GMing for 39 years. RPGs he's run the most include basic role-playing, Mithras, Ubiquity, Storyteller, aka World of Darkness, and fantasy flight games Star Wars. Currently, he's been exploring cosmic horror via Leagues or Call of Cthulhu, Blue Planet, and Broken Compass. You'll be able to find him on Twitter at Runeslinger. Welcome Brett to the Brain Trust. Brett has been jamming over 30 years. He's the creative behind his published campaign setting, The Streets of Avalon, and has been a co-host for the popular RPG podcast, Gaming NBS. He's a fan of AD&D, Osric, Call or Trail of Cthulhu, Warhammer Fantasy, and Merp, and ran a 20-year vampire game. You can find him on Twitter at Fawford881. Hi, I'm Sean. I'm the host of the show. Currently, I'm involved in a Forbidden Lands ongoing campaign as a player, and I'm also the handler of a Delta Green Impossible Landscapes campaign. You can find me on Twitter at GM underscore mastermind. Now, on to the show. Anthony Brett, thanks for joining the, and, and welcome to uh, the Brain Trust of GM Mastermind. Uh, we're t- in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about story as game and gaming for story. And I know I've got that butchered because I just mentioned it to Anthony, who f- feels passionate about the topic. And and I invited Brett along for the ride as well, which I know he has some things to say. Uh, if, you're, if you're not familiar with Brett, you're probably nodding. If you are, you're probably <laughs> nodding your head <laughs> while you're listening to this. So um, when we talk about – because stories – Story is at kind of the foundation of a lot of role-playing games. We throw the term story around all the time. You know, it's about the story. It's story games. We even have kind of a sub-genre of role-playing games that we sometimes refer to as a, oh, that's a that's a story game. And that's not necessarily in a derogatory tone, though some might snoot at it a little bit and turn their noses up at it. But when we talk about story, there's the story that's produced from playing a mutual game and whatever product has come out of that is is the story. We tell our friends about them. And then there is, which Anthony, Anthony alluded to right before hit and record was, hey, we've got a module. This is a story piece of it and, and through that. It, am I on the right page are we all on the right page it sounds like we're we're at an excellent place to begin i think so too sean you and i tried to hit this topic ages ago feels like forever ago on give me bs and i think anthony's perspective what you were laying on us before this i i like what you're saying and uh how we're taking um the the term story and it becomes this weird lego block that we just keep tacking on (laughs) to everything you know like um it's a spaceship with a story on it. It's a, you know, this thing with this thing. And we just keep plugging it in there. Mm-hmm. And I think it, um, yeah, I, I like, I like what you had to say at 
pre pre the record, so I don't know if you want to start there again, man. Let's just tear it apart. All right. Well, let's let's try. Um, yeah, we have the. How how often have you heard someone say, "I can't wait to play in your story"? Never. We've never heard some. Oh, because they don't want to play with you. <laughs> no, no, they they uh no no no. It's, it's I've everyone uses the term game. In, no, I, in circles. I want to play in your game. Right. I want to. I want you to run a game for me. Now that's not to say, yeah. Anthony, that it doesn't have a, s- a synonymous meaning or or uh, un- undertone. I guess inference, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. yeah. Now I would find that. I mean, that's what I'm. That's what I grew up with, right? Uh, Tom's game, Tony's game, Anthony's mm-hmm. game, Bill's right. game, you know, whoever's game, and that would be synonymous with world or you know their own their own setting. That's comfortable. When we when it shifts into story, it carries this other implication, right? And uh, and now, kind of across the internet, we've seen that the language has changed to um, it. Role playing games are collaborative storytelling, right? And just semantically, that carries a weight of the story exists already, and we are telling it. You know, we're not shaping it, we're not creating it, we're not discovering it, we're we're telling it. It's it's a specific choice of of word used either intentionally or unintentionally. You know, and no, I, so I get it. I mean, when uh, listeners, were you uh, did you ever play any of the old uh, White Wolf games, a Vampire or anything like I that? I played back all in the of the old White Wolf so, games. <laughs> <laughs> same. So that was the that was really cool that you're a storyteller, right? So I I, I, yeah. I, I got a hat back there. It's a storyteller on it from when I was running Vampire constantly. Buddies of mine exactly. gave it to me as a gift, and there was this cool. The connotation there was that it was more, at least in my group, it was more of the game. We still call it a game, but one of the things that drew us to it was the concept that there's going to be some really cool story stuff and less game. And I think what my friends meant at the time was that game meant D&D, kill monster, take stuff, right? Uh-huh. And uh, Or at least in that very crushed down simplistic version of of what of what are uh, an early D game or something like that or how we may have grown up through high school or whatever but it was kind of uh that game system for whatever reason and if you look at it it's really it's really a terrible or some of the early stuff was like was like from an elegance perspective not that good <laughs> but that was like that was my first real encounter with the term story telling a story uh, using the using the game to facilitate a story and understanding yeah. through lines and in using storytelling terms to build your game you know right and it did it did it talked to us right <clears throat> on a simple level you didn't play a session you right there was a chapter correct there in in a story in a chronicle so yes. we're inundating ourselves we're we're steeping ourselves in the stew of story and then the game master section actually talked about literary technique yes which was really helpful, but at the same time, it, it framed that whole conversation in a in a, a literature stance or box, making us think about: I am the storyteller. I have to prepare a story for these people to experience, rather than that game of personal horror tagline for vampire, mm-hmm. right? Which may have been an easier way to play, right? Yeah, it was it was interesting because I think if nothing else at the very so the concept of like, hey, let's start to use these type of terms to figure out how we're facilitating a thing. 
And I think the idea, I think you're very right there, is that I have to prepare a story so that everybody can experience the story. And a friend of mine used to do this for a very long time. And we finally, he had a conversation with me like, what am I quote unquote doing wrong? This is bugging me. I said, dude, you are just railroading the heck out of people. And what, and he said, I don't think I am. And we sat down, we said, well, you have a story you're going to tell come hell or high water. And he's like, am I? Absolutely. And once, and I, I, I went back to like the vampire stuff we used to do. I said, remember how you guys would come in with these weird ass characters and I'd have a plot or something and like, well, I need to adjust it. We all adjusted based on what you guys were doing. And, the, and then the, uh, the collaboration term started to get thrown around more in my group and other places like, look, it's not just me telling, building the story that you're going to experience come hell or high water. This is Brett's vampire story for all you do bask in. It's now a thing. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to start it off with this inciting incident. Let's see what <laughs> y'all do with it. And yeah. um, we'll figure this shit out as we go. So, I, I, I think yeah. I'm following with you. I think I'm following with you. Right on. One of the things that meant people mention when you get into that mode that you allude to, Brad, about the game master having a story, that's that's what they say, right? You go to a con, it's a one shot, the game master is gonna roll out this game and they the the players come back and they you ask them how it went, and it's like, well, let's just say that game master had a story to tell and you're damn well going to be there to listen to it. <laughs> right. Especially the demo game, right. Of whatever, whatever new system you want to uh, give them the highlights or what they can expect from the system. And how do you do that without having a certain level agenda? of rigor? Yeah. If you don't mm -hmm. have a level of rigor and agenda, like, look, um, there will be a chase, there will be a gunfight, there will be a lock picking session, Oh, and uh, this social encounter. Oh, and this social encounter too, because those are highlights of our game system. Yeah, yeah, it's much more. So scripted. again, nothing, nothing wrong with it, but it is, mm. it is a, it's a methodology, or it's a, it's a position from which to stand or start. Like you could invite people to play a game and ask them to generate characters before you give them the pitch. True. Get the characters and then build a pitch that is relevant to the characters, or you could give them the pitch and ask them to make characters to fit. Correct. Yep. Or you could not communicate and you make your pitch and they make their characters and we'll see what happens. I mean, these are pretty common situations. That was especially common in my early forays, high school level. Um, and not that that was bad, a bad way to play, but it was like, Hey, we got together and Oh, I roll up a fighter. I've got this. I got this. And my high school DM would be like, I have two mores. I have, you know, white, <laughs> I have white blue mountain. We're like, I have no idea what the hell that is. Let's go in. Let's, let's do that thing. Oh, you have this new game. Sure. We'll try that. We didn't, you know, yeah. I, I th is there a, is there a way that you prefer to think of story in a game or are you more uh, thinking that it, um, yeah. how, do I, how do I ask this? So it, se it seems like you've got a, um, I'm honestly, I, I don't know. I, I love using the word story and I love the, the, uh, the literary terms that we talked about, your inciting incidents, your denomas, your like rising action, your spines, your through lines, blah, blah. It's very helpful for me to think about things um, even retroactively. When I look back at a really good session, I go, wow, that was really cool. I feel like this might be wrapping up, looking at it almost, in, not almost, but it literally in reverse saying, yeah, we totally just did the big thing. It's time mm -hmm. to wrap this up. This is This will make sense. I can wrap this game now. 
but um so how are you I, like i said i'm open to lots of different ways to do it i'm just uh but you seems like you've got a, a more anthony way to do it <laughs> <laughs> god <laughs> yeah we i mean the, the terms are are useful um and i don't want to 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 create an impression that they're not mm. uh, i worry from time to time that we import a lot of vocabulary into what we do like film criticism terms or literary criticism terms rather than developing our own and that has an unintended side effect of limiting how we play um, or uh, you know obscuring from us what we're actually doing when we play so when you when you look back over the course of the last five or ten sessions and you see the story emerge that you weren't putting into action that's that's kind of a thrill and then when you can break it down and say oh you know this uh this is when the climax really started to build and, and, we're, and we're coming and and the technique that i used of of, of starting them in in you know media rays or uh you know whatever it, it, it happens to be that, that you're going to do it was a benefit to it you know my instincts were connecting with what was actually happening at the table or not but we can look at it the other way around is this is a mystery story and so i have to have these elements or it won't be a mystery story and these characters need to conform to these behaviors right so i, I like that a lot a, i like that a lot because that actually that works I've always I've used Call of Cthulhu as like a canonical example of like, look, if you're going to have a mystery thing you're supposed to solve, a very clue heavy, you know, follow the yeah. breadcrumbs, combat scary type of, you know, <laughs> if you don't have a a monster, a thing to, to hunt down or a thing to figure out or what, whatever it is there. And the players really need to buy into that. Like, look, this is the type of story, even though I'm not going to necessarily tell you, at least how I would see it, is that. This is the actual story we're going to tell and, and type of thing, not being too prescriptive, but like, look, the type of story, you know, the, the bumpers, if you will, are cosmic horror, this, 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 and this. If you come in here with a, you know, uh, a prize fighting boxer and somebody else is a lion tamer and somebody else is a plumber, this is not going to fit. You know, I, I, we, we need to all get in on, on the right, on the right theme here. Randall. What is the story <clears throat> we're wanting to tell? <laughs> right. Or play. What is the story we're trying to, to play? And I think that's, you know, some people use the cat's method of concept, aim, tone, subject matter. And you're right, Brett. It's, it's, uh, when and even Anthony, when you're talking about like terms being thrown around and sometimes vocabulary being created, oh, absolutely, a lot of this stuff and even the show itself, we talk about. Well, what's session zero? You know how? To, what's that? Well, you know, session zero. I don't believe in session zero. Well, how do you how do you coordinate a session? Like, how do you schedule? I mean, a session zero yeah. could be three sentences. It's still before session one, right? It's and so we get into these nuances. So you talk about story, and then you talk about well, what's the tone? You know, like we're trying to do in Brett's example. Okay, we're going to do horror. You know, cosmic evil. You know, tense suspense, whatever. So that's tone, and then it has to align with the type of story that we're telling, right? And it's all kind of 
an amalgamation of all these things that help everybody get on the same page, I think. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. When we're, when we're first starting, we do a lot of things by accident and we're going to find things that we do like and things that we don't like. And the feedback is going to guide us towards the items that, that we do like, but then after we become experienced or if we stop and come back to the hobby, there's a certain awareness that we need to have to apply. Like what was it that I liked or what, when did we have fun? What was, what was fun about all of these things? And, um, these days, as, as Brett was saying earlier, that the conversation is so much about the story these days mm-hmm. that the character gets lost in a sense. So I remember what got me into role-playing games was the, the way it was pitched to me was you can be the person in the story. You make the decisions. For me, role-playing games are about the decision process, the opportunity to make a decision and act on it from the character's perspective. So I can choose not to go down into the basement or I can choose to go down into the horrible basement with a shotgun or with a spell book or with an army or whatever. It's my turn to experience what I would do in that situation. And I'm not thinking about a story at all. You know, I'm thinking about that character. I like that perspective too. And I think you're right. That can get lost in some cases. And so I'm going to see if I can ramble off on this for a bit. So when we're doing that, the interesting thing is then you've got one of the pieces that was very attractive to me when it first got pitched to me. And I still actually pitch this to other people. I'm like, you can do darn near anything you want, right? You could choose to play along. You could choose to argue. You could characters can do this, that, or the other thing. Um, however, I, I think that there's, there's pieces of that where we want to, where, and maybe this is where it kind of it starts to muddy that water a little bit or it gets it it gets it weirder is where I'm like, well, dude, we're here to play this game. Uh, maybe unspoken or this story is what's supposed to be happening here. This was the tone we all agreed to. And you're being a dick because you won't go <laughs> upstairs. You know, why won't you go upstairs? My character just doesn't see a reason for it. Now, that's a jerk answer. Why are you doing that? You come on. You, you Why won't you play with us? And um, that would, these are extreme, extreme examples, but mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've seen pieces and parts of that at the table. And I think there is the other thing that I found with that is to me, what I would consider a very good player would be somebody like yourself. Anthony would say, you know what? I, I get what you're saying, Brett, but I'm sticking to my guns and I'm not going to the basement. You can go if you want to, but my character's terrified. She's not going downstairs. And Sean says, okay, cool. You could then sit for an hour with quote unquote, nothing to do. Well, Sean dealt with right. me and Eileen as we sorted out what was in the basement, but then you took the responsibility to say, I made a decision. I could see where the action was going. I chose to set out the action, not going to play in the action tonight. We're going to hang out up here. And I trust effectively that the dungeon master or the game master or storyteller, or whatever we want to call him, the keeper, Sean is going to get back to me at some point, but Hey, this is where the action is. Two of the three of us are down here. I'll sit back a little bit and I don't know if, I don't know if I would say that's, I I wouldn't speak boldly for the whole hobby to say that's lacking in general, but I don't know if that perspective is, is, is is a common perspective at all. I don't know if that's true, but I I like what you're saying there makes me think of what I, I have players at my table right now who will be like, look, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm like, Lenny, you sure? He goes, nope, not doing it. You're going to be bored, man. That's cool. No, you, you deal with those guys. I'm going to think about what I'm going to do. 
all right, I turn over, four other dudes are doing this thing, and he's thinking. You know, right. I just so had it's that, an interesting perspective. I just had that happen in Impossible Landscapes, the big Delta Green scenario. Oh, right? yeah. Where they met the handler, and the handler walked off, and one of the guys chose to tail the handler. Okay. Mm. So they, you know, and it's in New York City. The handler's going to go to the airport at five in the afternoon, four in the afternoon on a Friday, yep. and it's rush hour. So, okay, sounds good. See you in about an hour in the game. What are you guys going to do? And then it was them go- going off, right? Following the handler's leads, right? Like, okay, we're going to go investigate this. Yep. Eventually, you get the character back, and, you know, being a show about trying to facilitate game mastering and how to handle certain situations, one of them is, well, you chose to go off in that direction, and, hey, they're going out an airport, they're stuck in traffic. So you can get out of the car and walk back, hail another taxi, turn around, go back. No, I'm going to see where this person's going, not knowing they're going to the airport until a certain point. But the rest of the crew isn't traveling as far. So there's a time weirdness to yeah. it, right? So yeah. eventually what happens is one of the players, knowing that this this individual happened to be Harrigan, sitting kind of on the sidelines, says, Hey, when when does the taxi show up with 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 you know Harrigan's agent, right? And he tries <laughs> to pull him back into the story, more of a prompt to me. And in which case it's we could easily just say, All right. Yes, there is a time discrepancy, but you you find your way back to the party. You know, it's rightfully so, probably would have taken an hour, but, and they're only 15 minutes into what they're doing. We got to throw that to the side and get going on so that everybody's involved with the the story again, right? Or whatever. I think it's interesting, Anthony, because what I'm hearing you say is, I've not thought about this way, but I'm hearing this and correct me if I'm wrong, is there's... There's the, the the conceptual. If we're going to use the term story, and I don't have a better one right now, maybe it's chronicle and <laughs> or whatever we like. Well, what but the, what the, I ended the, up with was story as product. Yeah, like it's my intent <clears throat> to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Story is byproduct. Story happens because of what we've done, and we're not going to give it any. We're not going to shape it in any intended way. So we can still use story, but we have to qualify it a little. Would bit. you Would you say that there's like a a level of that then? Because I'm thinking there's like the larger one the group is doing, the larger versions of those, holistically all three, four, five, however many of us at the table. And then there's Brett's PC and Anthony's PC. And I chose to sit upstairs while you all did something. So my byproduct story is Brett was bored off his ass for an hour while everyone else had fun. That's a byproduct, right? Of like, I did that silly thing. Or, you know, or it, it also could play into it as like, I'm staying up here to keep guard because I'm terrified the fishmen are coming back. Yeah. Okay. So I waited for an hour and I'm terrified. I'm nervous. And you guys come back upstairs. You're haggard, worn. And I'm just as haggard, worn. And like, what the heck happened to you, Brett? Nothing, man. Nothing. But I'm ready for him, you know? So there's pieces of it that's like, that's the. I'm I'm experiencing a piece of the story, and then what I share back to you as as a group is almost. So I'm wondering if there's levels within that then too, like there maybe there have to be. And yeah, okay. The more that you play with it, the more that you're going to see. So um, we hear people talking about spotlight time all the time, mm-hmm. and and why for and then the reason's going to vary, you know, because everyone deserves equal time at the table because we all showed up to play together is one answer that I like. 
another answer you're going to hear is, you know, because we have to balance the the performance of the characters within the story. Right. So I don't want Brett sitting there at the table bored because he gave up, you know, three hours of his evening. At the same time, I might not have the the technical tools to do time compression. I might feel too awkward about having Harrigan go to the airport and everyone else go to a nearby coffee shop. I might feel uncomfortable about juggling those two different timelines. And I might worry about meta knowledge, like, oh, but they're going to hear what, what Harrigan knows because he's at the table and I don't want them to know that yet. You know, this can be stressful or, or not stressful. We might not think about it at all. Right. You might say, okay, you go to the airport, you see, he gets on the plane, he comes back. So what are you going to do next? You might like completely remove the choice of what the people who are waiting are doing in order to do a quick cut, like a smash cut to the next scene. And you, tell them that everyone's going to be involved. They're like there's so many different ways to handle the, the situation. What I like to get into is why would I make that decision? Why would I let Brett sit there? Or why would I refuse to let Brett sit there? Right. And if I refuse to let Brett sit there, how can I do that? Like what happens to Brett? Like, do I keep cutting back to him as they go, they reach the bottom of the stairs? Okay, now, Brett, in the living room, you hear water dripping. Yeah, okay. And he said, well, I'm going to check out the kitchen. Okay, well, back in the basement, right? Do I piece by piece it? Yeah, do you hop back and forth? or? And what's in the other thing that's interesting too is like <clears throat> if I as game master say, you know what, I can't, I can't let Sean sit there, man. Anthony's having all the fun. <laughs> I got to pull Sean in here. And I reach over and Sean's like, no. I don't want to. I, I'm actually because it, it. This is goofy, and I've said this. My son and I were talking about this the other day. I'm like, I don't like watching people play D and D. Generally speaking, you know, right? D and D or any role playing game. I don't, you know, watching critical role type of thing. I, I tried it once, bored the hell out of me. Now that said, if I'm at the table and you oh, guys yeah. are having a blast, it's a totally because I'm in it, right? And this is like I'm the I, I'm the observer character. I'm the audience who actually understands what the hell is going on. So this is pretty effing cool, man. This is awesome. So I could see Sean saying, I'm cool, man. You guys are having a good time. I'm enjoying this. No, keep going. I don't need to be, you don't have to entertain me. Stop breaking away from the cool stuff. Let me be, let my character be bored because I chose to make him be bored. And um, we had an experience like that in Alien recently. One of the characters was taken down by a critical hit. And we went through an entire session. I, I did at times try to get to him. And he was like, no, it's, it's okay. Right. And he was just role playing his injury. And we're also playing that game as a troop. So they do have alternate characters that they can switch to. And it's like, well, it. do you want to, do you want to take on the role of this character or that character? No, nope. I'm going to, I'm going to stay in the focus. So it was exactly that he was entertained by what was happening and which was very nice. It was a nice gift to the rest of us. Um, not something I would want to like as a person with a friend who's playing with me, that I'd want to go from session to session to session, but it was pretty cool in that moment. I think the nice thing in that when that does happen is there is a, there's a piece where it's almost like a thank you. As you said, it's very cool. It's a, it's a gift. And it's also this crazy flattering thing for everybody else involved is like, this person is enjoying what you're doing so much. They're willing to like sit back. Okay. And they're not going to do this for 10 sessions in a row. Cause for God's sakes, who would do that type of thing. But when we talk about spotlight time, sometimes some people are like, look, I'm okay in this session or this chapter or this verse, whatever we want to have here is in this piece of whatever story, 
I'm okay having a very small voice. That's okay. You know, Pippin doesn't say a lot all the time in every chapter. That's okay. Right. And that's fine. And I think that's like what we're get, saying is there's multiple layers within each type of story we have. And I think yeah. part of the art of this is um, not only as players, but that a bit of introspect introspection on the player part going, I'm, you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'll, I'll sit here for three hours and watch these guys have a good time. And I'm having fun watching my friends have fun. Gosh, look what she's doing. This is awesome. Yeah. And then as game masters, sometimes we have to look at them and say, are you, are you comfortable? Are you okay? Then if they say, yep, there's only, I mean, you can only, can I ask your wife, do you still love me? So many times before she's ready to kill you. <laughs> right. So at a certain point you just say, are you good? Yeah. No, I'm having fun. All right, Sean. I'll, I'll get back to you, you know, <laughs> type of thing. And you have to trust them that they're telling you the truth. Exactly. And, yep. uh, but I did want to get back to your, that initial example of the person who won't go upstairs. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't want to go upstairs because they bought into the game because they wanted to play with you. But cosmic horror is not their thing. They actually don't want to be in a horror game. They want to be in something that's heroic or they want to be in something that's scary but in a different way and this is one of those signals that that tells us that and here comes the word story right they're in the wrong story regardless of whether it's product or byproduct they're in the wrong the wrong place that's an interesting piece too because you could decide this sounds great yep sure i'll try that and then you watch everybody else go through five characters like i uh (laughs) i don't want to do this anymore i'm not i'm not going upstairs why? Because you, that's why I'm not going up these stairs, man. Because um, I don't want to make the 18th character in the group, right? You know, some people don't want that. And they're, I think that's another interesting piece. When we talk about character story, there's the interesting piece I think about, I'm inter- very curious about your take, Anthony, is the player who in, a, in the game wants to make sure that their character has a very complete arc or a very complete story uh, of beginning, yeah. middle, and they have this very specific, I want this to be the story of, I want to be able to tell this character's story, and I want to make sure it's very complete. And I have found, in my experience, sometimes, depending it, who they are, how they react, or, and whatnot, some of those people get really kind of torqued if the character dies. Yeah. <laughs> or something bad happens, right? They're, they're, they're playing in a game with critical hits, and they're like, well, I'm paralyzed from the waist down, and we're in the middle of the Badlands. Yeah, you are. Well, I don't want to make a new character. Okay, then. Well, uh, yeah. I don't know what to do. It, it's not like, and I'm not, I, I'm being overly facetious and silly about it, but there's there's some pieces there where uh, I think you're right, where somebody goes, I didn't realize that right. I signed up for this, and that is, um, you know what? I don't like watermelon covered in chocolate. Thought it might be okay. Tastes like crap, though. I'm not into this tonight. You know, as soon as you get the first slice, like, wow, this sounds this is this is terrible. And Still could, sore at me about that watermelon. I am on, covered a watermelon. chocolate covered watermelon yeah. I gave you. A little, a little sorry about that. But I think you're right, Anthony. Though, is that you know I've got a story, uh, an arc I want to tell, or I'm interested in being in, and maybe it comes back to they don't what they signed up for isn't real. They found out it's not quite what they wanted. Right. Potentially. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I like that thought. That's a, that's a thing. So I came up with this, with this phrase a while ago that the genre is rule zero. So not the rule of cool or whatever, but genre is rule zero, meaning that what we do at the table, right, is going to define right our own particular idiom, our own genre. 
regardless of what we said we're going to do, right? So if you have the the scholarly professor who's who's uh, an archaeologist who's investigating the the strange statue found in the swamp, yep. and we have the reporter, and we have the gangster on whose lands, you know, the, the, he has stills on those lands where the where the statue is found. So they all have a reason to be involved. And then you have your your pro wrestler who we shoehorn in at the beginning and, and whatnot. Um, we're going to have a very different kind of Lovecraftian tale with that pro wrestler involved than we would have if he had been a, uh, a rich friend or, you know, the, the dilettante or, or whatever, right? We're going to have a very different product coming out of that. Well, even if you have somebody with who's trying to play the professor investigating a thing and their take on the, scholarly professor is the nutty professor right <laughs> exactly. there there exactly. is these there's the sometimes you get somebody like oh th this will be great this will be really cool and they don't necessarily know how to say it maybe they don't even know how to say it and next thing you know where did the marx brothers come in here why well, suddenly i've got three stooges slapstick what the heck just happened right and i think you're right that's uh sean used to say you know the truth is at the table and i think genre is is at zero is right because we can say this is going to be a cosmic horror role-playing game that's the type of thing we're gonna do there's our genre we're gonna stick to that that's great and turns out it's cosmic horror a lot of black humor because that's what we turned it into and that's just how this is how this is rolling and um if that starts to happen and brett decides that's not what i signed up for i don't like the black humor parts i wanted this other thing right Black humor has no place in the type of type of event I wanted to do, not only as byproduct or as go get, you know, I'm kind of as product. I'm like, huh? Yeah, that that could you could disconnect at that level and you could have somebody who then doesn't want to basically doesn't want to play, but doesn't know how to back out yet. <laughs> right. Because like the, the session zero that, that Sean brought up, you know, it there's this idea that you do it once, you, once and you're done. But the, the idea of. I don't know, I guess the, the cool phrase these days is checking in with people, right? The reveals itself as, as necessary. Like, why does Sean look unhappy at the end of every session? And he says, no, no, it was fine. You know, but, you know, maybe it's exactly that experience. They don't know how to say it or they, they don't yet know why this game wasn't as fun as the last game that we played. But there's only one way to find out. And if we're there as a group to have that that group experience, then we have to interact. So we have this, this holy trinity that we talk about, which sounds kind of trite, but it's talk with the players, play the right game. And I say, don't be part of the problem, but most people say, don't be a dick. <laughs> right. It's an all expectations kind of piece. And, with stars and wishes, I think it's almost if you can set that right up on the upfront and then you get done with session one and everybody knows that you can go around the table or even do it offline and say, okay, what did you like? Uh, and what do you want to see more of? Right. And what would you like to see? Uh, what did you like? And yeah, what did you want? What do you want to see more of? And I think that can help with the people that feel isolated or, or, abandoned is a little strong but you know they they there are know. games out there that that clearly say i will not abandon you right oh is it really and guide is it you really? toward listening 
Yeah. 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 I, th- I think there's an interesting piece here too, where you have, we oftentimes we're, we're playing together. We're having a really good time. And Brett says, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I'm not having fun. And then the thing, why, what aren't, aren't you having fun? How can I fix this? So on and so forth. And sometimes it's, um, it could be a personal thing. Like I am, I bet I begged off a game. I was going to play a fiasco at one point with uh, Tom Flanagan from nights of night and a couple of the people. And we started playing the game and I was in the process of, I had a fight with my wife. I was mad at my kids. I have a big job interview the next day. And I looked at the camera and I said, I can't play. And Tom said, you cool. I said, honestly, I'm not, I, I need to not do this right now. I am really, really sorry. I can't get into this. And everybody to their credit went, cool, man. I would need something. I never, I would have never let you get away with it, Brett. I know you wouldn't have because you're a jerk. Um, <laughs> but I think there is a, and that's a quasi extreme example that, you know, I was in bad head spaces. They say, right. Like I'm like, I can't play tonight. This is not, I, I'm not going to have fun. I'm going to be a jerk. This is not going to be a good place. I need to quit. I'm done tonight. Sorry, guys. And everyone was super quiet, kind of cool about it. And there's a piece sometimes when we have our stars and wishes and we're talking about, hey, this is the tone we have. This is the genre. This is the story, you know, as as product and as byproduct, how we're pulling this together. How are you doing? And somebody may say, I, you know, I just I don't like the type of story we're telling. And they're they're, And that's OK. It's a, it's to continue with the story analogies in those terms. Like, do you like this author? Yeah, exactly. Some people like some people, you know, love Neil Gaiman. Some people, oh, one of my friends thinks he's a hack. He he, I, he cannot point directly to what exactly he thinks makes the man a hack, but he just has this visceral reaction. And quite frankly, he doesn't owe me or anybody else at the table. He doesn't owe us this deep thing. They can just say, I'm not having fun. Sometimes it could be a matter of I'm not having fun with you, Brett, or I don't like this game. Or whatever it is, I, I think a lot of times we right the system, the setting. Yeah, we we feel we should be able to fix something for the person who's not having fun, and sometimes it's a it's a case of okay, cool man, if you're not having a good time, you can bail. Eileen and I are still having fun, so we'll keep going with Sean and uh, you know Anthony. Maybe we'll catch on the next one. Maybe we'll do something else you you think is more fun next time. Cool, peace out, and we're done. So I, I it has to be okay to do this. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that not that it's missing, but it's very natural for us especially with friends and people you've gotten to know because kind of loud if the three of us are playing you know a, a, a weekly game a bi-weekly game and you play it for you know six months and suddenly anthony says you know i'm just done it, it it's very natural for brett to go oh my god what did i do wrong oh lord oh my oh my oh my oh i wrecked this story oh we blew this up oh we destroyed this and sometimes people will stick around not and Long not have best. fun long past mm-hmm. when they were having fun. And I had somebody tell me, I didn't want to ruin your story. I did have that told to me once. And I said, that's crazy, man. Why did you, you were not having fun for like a year. Really? We played like every week for a year, but you're not having any fun. No, nah, I just didn't want to ruin your story. You know, everyone else was having such a good time. And I, you know, it just felt like if I left, I'd let everybody down. I'm like, no, it's okay. It's just a, it, it, it's fine, man. You know, but yeah, I mean, I, there are a lot of sensitive people, I think, in in gaming. What they're sensitive to varies. Absolutely. But uh, um, but now we have this problem. Like you said, we we want to fix it. How do I fix it? And again, we encounter this 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 notion of story. Right? Do I approach it like an author? Do we, as a group, approach it like an author and and make some authorial writers' room level tweaks 
or like from an executive producer level, you know, like you have to, you have to change this character or, you know, Richie Cunningham can't have a brother anymore. Get rid of the brother and never talk about him. Again. <laughs> yeah. Whatever yeah. happened to Chuck, man. He went upstairs at the end of season one and never came back downstairs. Jeez, yeah. exactly. They never even He's referred to him or anything. He's still, He's still up there. As far as we know. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's nice to talk to people who get that reference. Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, do we approach it on the, on the story level as shapers of story or do we look at it from a, from the, the genre like well the cosmic horror isn't working but the investigation is working so let's just step away from the mythos and toward you know haunted houses and, and things like that and that will be enough we don't change anything else just change that or open up the characters more or realize that we said we were going to play horror, but what we actually are playing is comedy. So let's just relax and play comedy. Yeah, that's right. so we with the same types of tools. That's trick, tricksy stuff there. Cause you get, you get this, the camps that are like, if it's, if it seems to be an overwhelming consensus, it's pretty easy. Um, right. But I could tell you there's always like one guy that's playing a, a night at the improv while the others are <laughs> not really. Yeah. But they put up with him because he's the class clown yeah. at the at the table. And it's like, even if it's not within character. One thing I want to bring up is we've talked about a lot about story. And I know, I know a, a few people where they're like, what is, what is all this? What is what are we talking about? Why are they talking about story? You just play a game. So if you're gonna play old school essentials, BX, just to throw out a couple of examples, and you're gonna roll up a character, I'm not gonna write up a background. That back the background is through play. That is the background. When I'm level three, my background is when I was level two and for one. And so the story, I may have a story about the time my party goes into the went into the cave or the dungeon, like the convention when I meet you guys and say, oh, let me tell you what happened when Brett was on the Star Wars game of mine and he was sitting on the ship. That's a story I tell everybody. But it's a lot of them will say, I'm just playing a role-playing game. I'm creating a character. You're the DM. You tell me what's going on and then we just play. Right. Like why the story comes through through play yeah, I think that would be Anthony's. My I'll, my thought here is Anthony. You would say, well, that's you, it's stories byproduct. That's what happens yes. at the end of it. You're you're right. hardcore. You are hardcore. I'm going to decide as the character, and based on all of us at the table making character based decisions, not for we are not beholden in any form or any level of beholdenship, you know, to a, a theme, <laughs> a, a title, or a thing. We're just just playing. And uh, we are fine with whatever the outcome is. If the outcome was a crazy slapstick adventure, if the outcome was deadly serious with horrendous consequences, that's what happened. That Anthony, that's what I would yeah. think makes sense based on totally. what you were saying. That would be okay. that would be byproduct. Okay. But what if the game master has a series? Let's say they have against. Let's stick with the D and D analogy. They've got uh, the Slave Lords series. They've got all of them, and they want to run you through all of them, right? Yeah. I'm not talking about BX anymore. We're talking about AD&D, but it's still pretty lethal, right? Yes. 
And they want the same characters from the beginning to go all the way through to the end and have an epic story. What a great experience this is going to be. Ah, Hickman. He ruined it for everybody. <laughs> Tracy Hickman. It's the Hickman, whatever they call it. Oh, Dragonlance? <laughs> well, that's, you know, have you ever heard of that theory? Yeah. 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 I can't yes. remember what they call it, but. Anyway, carry go on. on. Go on, Anthony. So, so this, is, this is the idea. Some people at the table may really be enjoying that. And some people at the table might not notice that anything is happening at all, right? Dice fudging, uh, changing of numbers of opponents, all the things that allow characters to survive. They might not notice at all. So or, or even care. Or, and some might not care. They might notice and not care, right? And some will notice. It's like, this isn't the game I signed up for. It's as, it's as dangerous as making dinner. You know, it's the, the risk is gone. I, the surprise is gone. I Right. So you've got all those people. So how do you balance this? Right. And uh, sometimes you can't. So. Yeah, that's interesting because you can I can sit down with a couple different people and I said, hey, I have, you know, uh, against the giant, you know, the giant series or go vault of the drow. We're going all the way to the queen, of the demon web pits, man. We're going to I mean, this is like the plan where I don't tell you what the plan is. Right. I ran my mm -hmm. last cry, my last Greyhawk game I ran for my home group. I was going to, depending on the decisions they made, it was going to be returned to the Tomb of Horrors, which is what it was. That's where they ended up going. I planted the right stuff, and they bid on all the right hooks, and it let them right do a big, vast swamp. They didn't. I didn't tell them, wham, here's the box set, kids. This is what we're going to play tonight. They had no clue. They didn't know. And I, I didn't surprise them, per se, but it was like a follow of the clues. So there were a couple people there that were playing character, 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 byproduct, byproduct, byproduct. And there was, I know my buddy Nick was very much interested in the plot. Like what is really going on? And every once in a while, other people would rise up to, I'm just saying rise up simply because I'm thinking is like a quote unquote higher, not better, but just a different level above the above ground level where you're just making decisions. There was up, they were up there and then they get up there and he would drag a few people up there. But what does this mean? Is there a reason? Every once in a while, like Beta looking and go, who fucking cares, man? We're killing stuff. It's fine. We're just we're doing the thing. It's okay. We saved this. Let's move on. It turned out that yeah, there was a big thing going on, and and people went, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> that was kind of neat. But it, and um, that's not like not like that's magic to do, but I, I think there is being open to the fact, is what I'm hearing you say, is being open to the fact that you can play a different components and capacities levels. within different levels yeah. within it and that's cool you know yeah. if, if um as long as you're not destroying the genre destroying the tone or something you know it's like look if, if brett wants to play you know character hardcore byproduct story you know mean you know me and dm kojo that's what we do and you and sean really want to understand the bigger grander plot i could be totally happy letting you guys go off a big grand plot land and i don't give a crap that's totally possible. Right. I, I never thought about that, but as soon as you said it, that example came to my, my mind of my Greyhawk game. So that's interesting. Yeah, sure. And you can see how that those two opposed—they're not opposing viewpoints. Those two different viewpoints are completely compatible. They they nestle within each other like the Russian dolls, and it never ever has to come to you know meta metaphorical blows over you know you're playing wrong. You know, you harshed my my mellow or whatever. <laughs> What do you think of what do you think of games that style themselves as a story game? Uh, I think 
Um, I, I think we open up a, a door of argument about what is a story game, which I'm not going to go through. But, <laughs> to, uh, damn, I tried to push him. I tried to push him. There's the door. Right in front of you. What I will say uh, is that there are games that provide you with system that allow you to manipulate things on that story layer. When so you say some, story some layer, there are you saying character layer or the grander? Yeah, like a character layer. Okay. There's there's just simply your experience, uh, you know, through the eyes of the character, the decision making process of what will you as character do. Got it. There's there's that layer. On top of that is what should I do if it's cosmic horror investigation as this character, right? And then a layer above that, like a social layer, what should I do as this character in this genre that my friends will enjoy? Okay, so if I think of, uh, yeah, yeah, so let me throw a quick one at you. So I think of Gumshoe, so uh, Trailer Cthulhu. Their uh, characters have basically driving force behind them. Like, hey, this is the thing that stops you from turtling. This is the thing that stops you from not going upstairs. My character is driven to explore the unknown. My character is, you know, must find this, this, or this, you know, must collect all gold, addicted to magic items, whatever your problem is, or, or driving force. That's your thing that helps you move your character through the story. And not that you're making bad decisions as a character, but making story appropriate, appropriate decisions. decisions that help move things along in the proper genre approved, you know, stamp of approval type yeah. of format. Okay. All right. I get you. So that lets us have an in-character experience, right? Now, the game master playing that game is preparing scenes, right? And the clues are bridges from scene A to scene B. So they're having a completely different experience than, than you, the player, are, right? You can operate on that in-character level, uh, but they're operating on working with building blocks of story in order to guide you through to a successful or failed investigation. Yeah. And I think I like that. I like that thought that, well, first off we've Sean, I've mentioned this before ages ago, but like the you know, DM as player, right? We're all players. I just happen to have a special role. If I happen to be the game master person, or the person running the game, you know, I get to see behind the curtain. Um, so I think if nothing else, that's proof that the, as you said, they nestle like the Russian dolls that that's proof right there. The, the, storyteller, game master, keeper, whomever, they're operating at that level and so on. And then when you take a game system that has a mechanic to it or a support structure of some kind that allows me as player to reach up into or behind the screen, so to say, and I can right. change a thing. I have a GM intrusion. I've got these options and pieces and parts where I can manipulate things outside of my character. I can spend this Benny. I can put this chip. I can make this move and influence the world. I can spout lore that is now factual. Right. Um, or so that a contact or a relative. Yes. That didn't exist. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So that can't happen in a vacuum. Like this can't happen in the silence of your head. You have to now have a conversation of, I'm going to spend this resource or I'm going to invoke this move or mechanic in order this mechanism in order to, know do this thing for this benefit for this reason so now you're having a conversation on the player layer of play not on the character level of of play yeah and then and you've got the, the people's enjoyment exactly and, and the game master 
she's sitting there thinking, okay, yeah, that fits. That that works for this mechanic. I'm helping adjudicate where we all agree this is good. Let's move this around. Right. Yeah, and, and I, I know some people who dislike those mechanics because I, I don't I, I don't mind them one way or the other. I, I played with enough of each, and I some, know some people who dislike them because what they feel that there is like this. Um, a buddy of mine said it's a sacred bond between. I'm like, dude, that's way too strong. Come on, there's nothing sacred here. We're, we cuss swear, <laughs> we cuss swear, and tell horrible jokes and roll dice, man. It's not that big a deal. Let's calm down, calm down. Um, but it was it's for him. It was a very serious thing. Like, look, this is a, a purview, and I don't want to step back there. I want to play, uh-huh. and I think if we had had this discussion prior to that discussion, which is ages ago, I would have said, ah, you want to be, you want to make character based decisions and you don't want to worry about that stuff. Okay. Why does it bother you if Sean wants to do that type of thing? And sometimes the answer is it actually viscerally bothers them too much to have anybody at the table do that, whether it's them or another player like, okay, uh, wrong game in the Trinity you spoke of, right? Ah, wrong game. Mm -hmm. Well, is it, the wrong, we is, it, is it the wrong game or is it it's the wrong game for that person? Not for the group. I'm like, this isn't fitting for you, sir or madam or whomever. They're not having fun. Everybody else enjoys hopping levels and, and playing and, and moving here. If this person does not, it's incumbent on them to, to you know, well, that's say so. right. Either, either we decide not to play it or they decide to absent themselves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Game from from. A, a joining of players to, to, to collaborate on something, not game as in, well, this is the wrong D and D because there's some people that will, I think it's a style more than anything in that case. Sure. Right. Cause yeah. procedures. Yeah. D and D people come up with the, Hey, okay. Tell me the name of the bar. No, that's not my job. That's your job, Brett. You're the dungeon master. Yeah. You tell me the name of the bar, anything, anything environmental, or, or in the world is is supposed to come from the dungeon master. There's some people that are very strongly much, yes. yes, like that's right. the deal. That's and the reverse. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and actually reverse, yes. for sure, for sure. Which is, I think, all the more reason when we talk about you know to go again to story and we say, all right, so there's whether it's a writer's table game, whatever. Let's just step aside for a second and just talk about stories, joint authorship, right? If that's a thing, collaborative or whatnot, and that's how TV shows and other things are written, is these men and women and folks, they're in a room and, and they're deciding what's in, what's out, what's in, what's out, and so forth. And it's um, it's very rarely is there one person with an iron fist that says, this is all there will be, right? It mm-hmm. doesn't, it very rarely works that way. Even a, even an author at some point, um, you know, Tolkien had to send his stuff into an editor. He got in a fight with an editor because he wanted to say dwarf instead of dwarves, right? Dwarfs, not dwarves. Right. Made up word. You can't do that. Um, regard, I mean, no matter who, like Stephen King has an editor, right? So there's yes. somebody working with you, pulling this together, helping figure things out. Um, and we're cranking out, <laughs> we're cranking out rough drafts at the table every time, and yeah. uh, and, and I think as as such, it's it's um anyway, it's interesting to me for anybody to think that this is all in the game master's head, because if it is, and it, it's strangely enough that I'm like, well then, what what are you here for? It's part one, one of the things I say to them, like, so if this is all in my head and I, the world is mine, and I know what's going to happen before you do it. 
I don't need any of you players. I'll just write a novel. <laughs> Right. But again, even then, this is somebody's going to help me. to speak player. Yeah. Exactly. It's <laughs> how Brent runs. No, I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why no one wants to play with me. Come on. Yet. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> Anthony, man, I, I love I love what you said here. And uh, I thought it was very clearly articulated. And I, I, I think I get it, your perspective here. And I really appreciate it because this is uh, I like this. This the how, how you've how you've are, how you've separated the two how we see they marry together and so forth. I think there's from an introspection perspective, I look at it and go, I can see where there's times when I've forced the two to clash. When I'm like, why was I doing that? Or when it, everything's just smooth as butter, I'm like, I wonder if I was like my Greyhawk game. I'm like, I was letting both things happen, huh? If I continue mm-hmm. to let both things happen, will that keep working? Yeah, I like the, I like this. This is pretty cool, man. Cool, thanks. Uh, it's it's hard, I think, because um, it's easy to have the reaction if you hear that you're being criticized. You know, yes. like I happen to like story as byproduct more than I like story as product as a player and as a game master. And I can accidentally sound positive about one of them more than the other. And if you are opposite to me, then you can hear that as criticism and then conversation dies. Yeah. yeah, because now I get to go, well, who the hell are you to say, how do you, you mean your games, your gaming is better than mine? Is that, and there's poor Anthony, I didn't say anything like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, Cause, exactly. Because my, my, my second hobby, Craig Shipman talks about uh, collecting the books is his second hobby. But for me, my second hobby is looking at all the different pieces and, and pulling them apart and seeing, you know, if they can be re- recombined in different ways and, and, uh, you know, I've asked that question. What do I, what did I do wrong? As often, and I'm trying to ask the question: What did I do right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think all I think good game masters um, that want to heighten their, you know, hone their craft. Kind of as I throw that around for the show, are always trying to look at themselves and see how they can be better, or even look at others to determine what what to bring into their own game uh, to make it a better experience for their players. Cause I think we can easily come into the hobby and get this, you know, transfer this tribal knowledge bestowed upon us down one generation yeah. to the, to the next. My older mm-hmm. brother showed me how to play and I've played in his games and that's how he, or, or my sister has game mastered for, that's and so that's what I learn, and then I do that with my players, and then another play, and on and on and on. But now with the proliferation of social media and and actual play and blogs and podcasts, that can all get thrown out the the window now, and people can explore different uh, perspectives. And and yeah, well, one of the things that Anthony you, you said at the top, which I think is incredibly critical, is that we, as an RPG hobby, we are stealing everybody else's terms because people are asking us, "What's it like?" Mm. And I firmly believe at this point, I've yet to be knocked off my belief stool on this one. Is like, there's nothing else like it. There's stuff that's similar mm. to us, and we are similar to other things, other hobbies, other ideas, and so forth. It's similar to improv. It's similar to writing a novel. It's similar to a writer's room. It's similar to this. It's similar to that. It is not the same, right? It's not an exact. Right. It is only similar. And as such, we steal and borrow things. And I think um, 
have that's okay i don't think it's it would be wonderful if we could all get together at you know the rpg um uh, summit that sean's going to organize and we'll get together and figure out what all the right terms and tools are <laughs> um but it, it's in lieu of governance stuff, but sure. in lieu of the proper governing governing body um of rpg terminology i like the idea folks like you uh, anthony putting this kind of thought in the way to break it down um, I know the guys at misdirected market years ago had different, they talked about layers and different things and different approaches. And some of that stuff would say to me, and some of like, I don't know, that just doesn't work for me. And mm. that's okay. And I think that one of the cool parts is that someone like yourself is like, you know, four story or stories by product and talking about it like that, that sings to me. I may use this thing. I'll probably, I would know for a fact, I will use this analogy in this discussion with my gamer friends and so forth. And somebody will probably be like, Ooh, that makes sense. And somebody else will be like, ah, I don't know if I buy it. Yeah. Totally yeah. legit. Absolutely legit. You know? And I yeah. think the more we come up with ways to use the, our borrowed terms effectively to help us get our point across, I think is um, all the better. And the more we can do to not take somebody saying, I like gaming this way better than this other way as being critical of me <laughs> or how you all like right. to have fun, I think the, the better off will be. So I just, uh, right. I, I think that your idea here has a lot of good, a, a lot of goodness to it. And the fact that we're stealing story and all that stuff is totally fine. And um, I think it's definitely, it's worth thinking about, man. So this is good. I like this. Cool. Thanks. It was certainly nice to engage in conversation, not only with people of an age, let's say, <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that, that also have the habit of of listening to what's being said uh just as an idea like let's talk about the idea and let's let's misshape it and pull it and, and test it that's that's the thing yeah it's all good it's all good stuff so i want to thank brett and anthony both for joining us uh on this episode of gm mastermind you can follow them. We'll have links to where you can find them uh, in the show notes, of course. And uh, so, you know, go and check out um, Anthony's podcast and, and Brett's Streets of Avalon. And uh, again, thanks so much, guys, for being on the show. Much appreciated. And remember, be a positive force in the tabletop RPG hobby. See ya. This episode of GM Mastermind produced with help from the following members of The Mind. Joe Swick, Zagrave, Merkel Froelich, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Polish Ogre, Larry Hollis, Hoos Carl, Harrigan, Farty McButterpants, Laramie Wall, Aaron Ralia, Wayne Peacock, Ron Bishop, Ghost GM, Old School DM, Craig Shipman, Larry Hout, John Mahoney, Yorkus Rex, Eric Salzweedle, Phil McClory, Jason Hobbs, Michael O'Holland, Remy Bellado. Crystal Eggstad, Eric Avia, Feeling Good Lewis, Eric Jeppesen, Vornak, Brian Kurtz, Chad Gleyman, Jim Ingram, Orcus Dorcas, Chris Shorb, Ty Prunty, and David F. Baylog. Thanks for the support. Really appreciate it. If you found this entertaining, let a friend know. Have them pull it up in their podcatcher of choice. Give us a listen. Really appreciate that. This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.